Last week, we got a pair of jeans for less than 10 bucks. What a deal! What a deal! Welcome to episode 19 of the Mutant Musings Podcast. It's February 2018. We'll be discussing some comics and news from January 2018. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my giant flaming cosmic bird egg... Patty! Isn't that romantic? I say so. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on geekade.com or 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us some feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. We want to hear from you, the listeners, because we love the X-Men and we want to share that love with you beyond this one monthly podcast. Not in a sexual way, though. But during this one monthly podcast, you're going to hear a lot of language that would make even a sailor blush and children cry. And we couldn't give a shit because we don't have kids, but if you don't want your own brood asking you what a fuck-ass is, shoo them away. And hopefully somebody out there gets the fuck-ass reference. And the brood reference. And the brood reference, right? Topical. X-Men podcast. So, brood. Right. Right. Because we're broody. No. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so yeah, so there's... And there are a lot of comics that we want to talk about, and uh, something important happens. It did? Uh, uh, something important happens. What happens? Uh, I don't know. Somebody died, or somebody was brought back to life. Uh, I don't know. Just in time for Easter. You know, what? I don't know. When is Easter? Easter's on April Fool's Day this year. Ha <laughs> ha! JK, Jesus is still dead. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so yeah, so Weapon X number 13. Nothing too spectacular happened in this issue, but I wanted to talk about it because Nuke is in it, and I fucking love Nuke. Would you say that Nuke is a patriot? I would say he is the most patriotic villain in the Marvel Universe. Uh, Yeah, so this this issue was great because we got got lots of Nuke, and I thought it was really cool to see Sabretooth and Nuke team up. My favorite part was they were talking about uh, the the villagers in this place were talking about how the government was corrupt and it was fucked up. And they were like, you can't just leave it like this. You have to help us overthrow the government. And Warpath was just like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, how do we get Warpath to be a real person who can help us overthrow our government? He starts walking away like, all right, BRB, I'm going to go do it. (laughs) That was fucking hilarious. That that gave me the biggest boner. (laughs) For Warpath. Uh, no, and that, that's that's another thing, though. Like, Warpath is so underrated, I feel like, and underused yes. in this comic. Like, he's a fantastic character. I've always thought he's a fantastic character. It's just like in this, in, in Weapon X, he kind of gets outshined by, you know, Old Man Logan and Sabretooth, who are kind of like a big deal. And then you have Lady Death. They De- are. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. And then you have Lady Deathstrike, who's yes. like, like, just bad, but like, she's sort of doing good. And then Domino, she just wants money and sex all the time, is how she's I being can written relate. here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm happy to learn that as we're recording in real time, folks. Yeah, so kind of Warpath doesn't really get much time to shine in this. So it's it's just so welcome when he does something like that. And, I mean, this, the story is fine. You know, they're going to try to help out this, like, mutant village. And there's this whole team of fucking nukes that are trying to like kill everyone and then so they stumble on this factory that has all of the pills you know the red pills the blue pills um you know the white pills yeah and the white pills the the fucking red ones to like nuke him up and then the blue ones to calm him down and all that shit and that was really weird to see that they're mass producing all of these pills 
And what's even more disturbing is Nuke's personality because the dude is fucking nuts. That he tells that one patriot to fucking take the flag off of his face. And, and he's all like, all of these troops have the flag tattooed on their face. This one guy is like, but it, the one that's tattooed and he just takes out his knife. Nuke takes out his knife and is like, all right, I'll do it for you. I'm like, that's so fucking twisted. Because the, they weren't like actually Americans, right? They were just like from that country or whatever. I don't, like, I don't even know. I think that's I, what part of it was. Are, that like they don't deserve to wear the flag or something. But no, because they were being like cowards or something. They were like running away from them and they were like getting themselves killed. And he's like, you don't deserve to wear that flag. I don't know if they're all American or not. To me, it doesn't really matter. All these guys have these face tattoos and Nuke wanted to take the one off. That is fucking scary. By the way, I love this character so much that I wrote an article about him. It was around election time. So November 2016. So I contribute a column to Geekade, which is called Welcome to the D-List. So you can go back and check that out if you want to learn a little bit more about Nuke. And I call my vagina D-List. <laughs> what? You have, oh. the, you have the most A-List vagina, though. Aww. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. This is the D-List, Welcome. right? Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to D to the list. Yeah. yeah. But only only for him, nobody else. Oh man, sex So jokes. so it's only don't 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 send me letters. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh hey, can I meet your de- no. No. <laughs> uh-uh. All right. So yeah, so then you know this uh this issue kind of ends off with the team, you know, they're kind of like outgunned. There are so many fucking like nuke soldiers ready to kill this team and Sabretooth is like they're they're taking your pills, man. Yeah, but he he's like, we've got the answer right here. We just need to take these pills. And it's like, well, Weapon X, they're all going to be fucking doing drugs now. And my immediate cool. thought is, Weapon Ecstasy. Ah, uh, you get it? Like Stacey X. Do you remember her? That's not, that's not what I meant. I know. But do you remember Stacey X? I liked her. I meant Ecstasy the drug. Yeah, okay. And it's Weapon X. Uh-huh. And they call Ecstasy X. <laughs> Okay, so I get it's, it. It's it's one of those. Yeah. It's a wordplay. You're you know, a like, wordplay. Like mattress firm. Okay, you know what? I want a divorce. <laughs> we were going mattress shopping, and and I said mattress firm. It's not appealing. It should be like mattress soft. You know, even mattress comfortable. And she's like, no, it's a play on words. And I'm like, Ugh. yes, it is. You're, all right, whatever. <laughs> All right. All right. So moving on. uh, So then the next couple of comments we're going to talk about are the first issues of a couple of mini series that we're getting. Rogambit. I was thinking more Rogambit. No. Rogambit. But Rogambit. Rogambit. (laughs) Rogambit is good. So yeah. So Rogambit number one, uh, written by Kelly Thompson. So, So this is interesting. So the little that I've read by Kelly Thompson so far has been decent, but what I thought was cool is when we were at Comic-Con last October, Axel Alonso was like, you know, when Kelly Thompson was talking about this, she actually did her homework, and she read, like, every issue uh, that Rogue and Gambit were in together. So, like, she knew and understood their relationship. So I give a lot of props to her because that is awesome. That's what you want out of a writer. Somebody who's doing their homework and, like, understands the characters before they go into something. You know, Gambit comes by the school and wants to see Rogue. And Rogue is like, me and my big dumb mouth. And Gambit is like, I won't stand for you insulting that mouth. I'm like, what a fucking smoothie. 
So Rogue was like talked into this team up with Gambit by Kitty. Rogue was like, oh, well, you know, I'll I'll do it if Gambit agrees, thinking that for some reason that he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And like as soon as Kitty suggested it to Gambit, he's like, fuck yes. Yes, I want to. Yes. It yes. Just, no, it just cuts to like the next scene where they're on the plane and Gambit's like, Kitty is the best leader we've ever had. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but it's so, it's just so silly. Like, of course, it's going to be a couple's retreat. And of course, we're going to ask Rogue and Gambit. And of and course, Rogue is going to, yeah. yeah. And then of course, Rogue is going to be like, oh, well, he might not even agree to go. And of course, he's going to agree to go. So yeah, it's basically set up like a rom-com. But uh, I know in particular, you loved the scene on the plane. Yes. Yeah. So you can, <laughs> you can take that. This, this was all very funny. All right. So they're sitting next to each other on this plane going to their uh, destination vacation. Gambit was like, you know, like talking and like trying to like flirt or whatever. And Rogue was like, well, whatever. Deadpool is a better kisser than you. <laughs> Gambit was like, what? You kissed Deadpool? And she was like, um, no, no I made out with Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really funny. She's all like got her arms folded and is smiling and looks all smug. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, how could you say that he's a better kisser than me? He doesn't even have a face. I thought that was hilarious. And if you want to see that, I actually posted that on our Instagram. Yeah, because that was a great that was a great fucking panel. This was a great issue. It was a nice setup, you know, because it's really all about the two of them and their relationship. And, you know, they're walking on the beach and it's all like cutesy. And then you just like turn to the last page and they're like strapped down to some gurneys in some mm. fucking lab. Yeah. Yes. But it's not even in a fun way. But so, we don't know that yet. It might get fun. It didn't seem like either one of them Do were having fun. Do you remember that, uh, that thing from Eurotrip where they were in Germany and the guy wanted to like meet a dominatrix or whatever and they gave him a safe word and it was some ridiculous some ridiculously long phrase in german <laughs> do not and then he just ends up like a shriveled man a <laughs> fraction of what he was before <laughs> i do not remember much about euro trip i watched it many years ago and the only reason why i watched it was because it was like R-rated and Michelle Trachtenberg was in it and I had the biggest crush on her and I'm thinking like, yeah, like this actress is going to show her boobies or something. It did not happen. There were a lot of peens in that movie. There was like a nude beach and have, all of these peens were just flapping down the beach and I was I like, must have this just is taken not, that out of my head. This is not what I fucking signed up for. I did not sign up for peen. I signed up for booby. I got no booby. I deserved it. I was an idiot. So yeah, no, this was a this was a great issue. It was a nice setup. When we were at Comic Con, though, uh, Axel, you know, he's not the EIC anymore, but still, he was like, you know, maybe this could turn into an ongoing. I don't know. We'll see. And I'm thinking about that. Like, I don't see this as more of like a mini series or a limited series. Like, this just seems like um, too much of like a niche comic that just hinges completely on the two of them being together. And I don't feel like that consistently be written for like 50 60 issues i'm not happy that it's only five but i still me personally i could not see this working past like 12 maybe 18 issues yeah i agree i don't think that this would work as an ongoing especially just like the premise um i mean i could understand like they can do different arcs or whatever but i just feel like like you said, it's kind of like a niche thing. It's not just, you know, for X-Men fans. It's specifically for fans of Rogue and Gambit. And, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of people ship them together, but enough to keep it an ongoing of it? I don't think so. Yeah, just 
Like, what kind of... Like, obviously, you've got, like, the superheroes. You could have a lot of supervillains. You could have a lot of character development here. But still, with the two of them together the whole time, I just don't feel like that's going to work forever. Like, that's the thing about Rogue and Gambit. And, you know, I'm I'm fine. I like both characters, and I'm fine with the two of them being together. Um, But I just... I don't know how far that's going to carry, like, without them breaking up or having some sort of internal conflict or something. You know what I mean? So next is Legion, number one. And I didn't think about this until I was actually reading it. And I feel like a fucking moron. Yes. Uh, I never... Yes. Thank you again for being supportive. (laughs) Yes, you are a fucking moron, dear. (laughs) But continue your thought. David's hairstyle. I never, like, equated that to Wayne Static. Rest in peace, by the way. To his hair. Um, obviously David came first, but I'm wondering if Wayne Static ever saw Legion and was like, yeah, that's fucking goals. I'm going to play heavy metal and fucking have this dude's fucking hair. Just shove some glue in my hair. Okay. I have literally said probably, I think it was on this podcast when we were talking about the show Legion. And I said that I was upset, um, before it came out because he didn't have Legion's hair, which was like, uh, X Static's hair. Wayne Static? Yeah, but I didn't. X Static's. (laughs) Did I say ecstatics? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Static X. My bad. So, yeah. It maybe, still works. Yeah, it still works. Uh, I didn't know that the guy's name was Wayne Statics. I just knew he was the guy from Static X. But maybe he was a fan of ecstatics. <laughs> and then he did his hair like that because he liked Legion. I don't know. Maybe he was because his last name is Static, right? Yes. Yeah. So this, you know, the setup to this was kind of interesting, though, but Legion, like, wipes himself from existence, and the only one who remembers that he exists is Blindfold. Blindfold. Yeah, so, like, how is he all of a sudden just back? Does it have something to do with this Lord trauma that they're talking about? Because all of his other personalities are giving him a hard time, because it sounds like as scary and as evil as Lord trauma is, it sounds like Legion created this other personality. I think this idea of Lord Trauma, the way that it's not just written, but the way that it's drawn, how you can kind of see his face in these different things is really creepy and kind of effective. The art style to this, like for most of the book, is kind of straightforward, even though it's sort of cartoony. And then towards the end, it starts getting trippy. I think the artist on this is what Wilfredo Torres, and it's pretty effective, and I'm assuming it's going to get even trippier as we go forward, and I think that works fucking perfectly for Legion, for who he is, what he does, what he's all about. So this was an okay setup, but I feel like it also had a lot to do with this doctor, Hannah Jones, the psychotherapist. We got like a really nice introduction to her, because I'm assuming she's going to be kind of an integral part to the story going forward. Yeah, well, probably. So this uh, this uh, Lord Trauma guy tells Legion, like, oh, you better not go to New York. I know what you're doing. And then he, like, pops out of the fucking toaster or something as Freud. No, it was a picture frame. Whatever. He popped out of something as, like, an image and started talking. Well, he... There, well, there was mm. the, well, there was the, t- uh, yeah. the TV and also the computer in the hospital. So, yeah, then he, like, pops up in her apartment and out of a picture of Sigmund Freud and starts talking to her again. And she's like, oh, my God, I deal with, you know, people with problems all the time. And maybe now I'm going crazy. Yeah. Um, her, like, publicist or whatever, who's named, like, Larry, was like, maybe you need to see one of your people your kind of people or something like that yeah so yeah that's that was kind of that was kind of weird i like that though how it was fucking sigmund freud talking to her and then that little like african statue or whatever it was through the little thing at her and then the couch 
swallowed her up. And that's when David shows up and rescues her. Um, so yeah, so this, this was, you know, obviously a lot about David, but again, it was also a lot about her. I, again, I think Lord Trauma is an interesting sort of villain. I'm assuming that's going to be the villain throughout this book and kind of like fucking shit up for David and the psychotherapist. I wasn't as nuts about this one as I was about Rogan Gambit, but I still like it. I still think it has potential. I still think the art style is going to be really cool to see going forward, especially like if you see the cover to issue number two looks fan fucking tastic. So I don't know. But I'm thinking to myself, like, well, duh, they're doing this now because it's fucking TV yeah. show. How are they going to let David be wiped from existence when he has a TV show? So that's Honestly, not going to happen. Honestly, um, I don't know if he has ever, uh, if he's appeared in the interim, but maybe this is not supposed to take place in, like, like right now in the 616 universe. Maybe this is, I don't really? know. There are, there, well, that's huh. just what I'm thinking because... Either it was it was probably an editorial oversight, actually. But I mean, you know, you know, it's like when you are reading, um, and like there are comics coming out each week, and it will be like Avengers and like Wolverine and X Men will come out the same week. Say, like, how the fuck is Wolverine going to be like in Japan with the X Men and in New York City with? the avengers and then fucking i don't know idaho or something by himself i don't know what the fuck he's doing in idaho potatoes yeah that's, all, that's what you do in idaho right yeah he's, he just pops them out of and the you, ground with his claws and you tip cattle right right if you're in idaho don't tip cattle that's not no, nice to them. i'm vegan i think cows are evil no but, they're cute but still don't tip them yeah you're allowed so, to be stingy they don't deserve 18 percent, especially when they're just giving you potatoes so thanks for laughing <laughs> what was that i don't know i don't know how to laugh besides uh wolverine he has stated and it was in an issue of new avengers he stated that his mutant power is being on so many teams yes miss marvel carol danvers asked him how you can do all this and he's like it's my mutant power so there's your answer no but okay That's i'm what saying you get that like not laughing at my dumb jokes if they all come out like you know the same week there's no way that he could be in, like, three places at once. So I feel like maybe it's something like that. Like, maybe it wasn't like, you know, this took place in, like, the 80s, I'm saying. I'm just saying that, like, maybe the this story took place before. Which was weird. He had his own volume. Yeah. Like, it was just Legion, and it was just, I, I don't know. Like yeah, I, said, I only before, read a couple of issues. Before that, it focused on Rogue, and I thought that yeah. was weird. Yeah. I, I read all of these. I don't remember particularly liking either of them, and I just remember, like, specifically just like not being able to wait until the rogue part was over so i could get to the gambit part yeah oh man i loved no the gambit part was i mean no not the i'm sorry not the gambit part the legion part i loved the rogue part i don't know why i like your rogue parts (sighs) now you're trying to make up to me for not laughing at my jokes yes Aww. So, so yeah, whatever. I, that's it. No, I see. I, I see your point. Yeah, this could be happening at some different time, maybe. Like inconsequentially. Yeah, like, I get you. I get you. Like some random fucking time in 1993. So I, I don't know. I will. We don't know too much yet. So I'm sure we'll find out going forward. All right. So next up, Phoenix Resurrection, yes. number two, three, four, and five. Yeah, we're we're there are just a couple of things that I really liked about what happened throughout these issues that I just want to point out because some of some of this story as a whole was really good 
And then some of it, I was just like, what the fuck is, what is this? And what does it mean? And after finishing it, I'm like, none of that seems to have mattered. But, uh, okay, so first of all, if you guys remember, in the back of the X-Books, when they're having like these little teasers for things to come, they said X-Men Black. And people are all over the internet speculating about what X-Men Black means. So then in issue number two, we get the Black Team, which is uh, Pixie, Guido, Dazzler, and Shatterstar with a porn stash. He had a porn stash. And it was so hard to see because he was in the background. But if you look closely, if you look closely, he's got the fucking mouth fuzz that's matching the curtains. And I think we all want to know, do the curtains match the carpet? Am I right? I used to say, do the curtains match the drapes? <laughs> um, it, it, it sounds better, but it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's... Do the curtains match the drapes? Yeah, it's like one of those sayings that I used to fuck up. Fuck, like um, no, they don't match. Well, then you better get yourself an interior decorator. Zing, you got burned. (laughs) No, it's like it's like one of those things that I didn't know how to say properly. Like um, like when I was saying that um in horror movies like oh it's just all jump is all it's all jump shots it's all jump shots right he's like you mean jump scares and i was like before we watched i wanted to watch paranormal activity with her because i liked the first one and she's like oh it's because it's got all the jump shots and i'm like what that's a it has no basketball in paranormal activity there was zero basketball (laughs) i was was disappointed there was not a basketball or a hoop or any of that in oh my god that's fan. I don't even care about Phoenix Resurrection anymore. Let's just move on. Um, yeah. So, so uh, X Men Black Team. So cameo by Emma Frost. I was very happy to see, and this was a little upsetting to me as an Emma fan, but still kind of sweet as a fan of Cyclops and sort of Jean Grey. How Emma told everybody. This was weird, though. She told like everybody, like. We'd be intimate, and there would be that split second where Scott would think about this time in New Mexico with Gene. And I'm like, wait a second. This is that time where they were, like, on top of those fucking rocks, and they just had sex. Yes. That was messed up. That was very messed up, and if I was Emma Frost, I would have killed him in his sleep. But, okay, so the reason that Emma Frost was there was because... um, The telepaths were gone. Yeah, the telepaths were gone. She was the only one left, and she was like, I don't need to use Cerebra. I know where where she is. She's going to be on that rock where they fucked. I couldn't believe that she was willing to admit that to this whole fucking team of X-Men. Yeah, that seemed very, like, unlike her. It really did. I feel like if she knew that, she would have killed him. And her. I'm a little surprised at that explanation, but whatever. I could try to justify it. No, that's all right. Let's but move yeah, on. no, I, I agree. And then we got a bunch of cameos because, you know, Gene is sort of in this afterlife e type of thing, which we don't really know what it is yet at this it's point. It's a diner. Yeah, it's a diner. But no, it's like a whole little suburban town. But it was... Wait, wait, wait. Or is it a drive-in or a dive? Bing. Thanks for laughing at my joke. Huh? Oh, oh, I, 
Oh, like the show. I get it. I'm not friends with you anymore. <laughs> Unfollow. Um, <laughs> so all these cameos were fantastic. You had Feral. You had, um, they mentioned uh, Nicholas Gleason. I'm like, oh, Wolf Cub. They and had, Josh Guthrie. They had Tag. It was just, it was really nice. Even fucking uh, Thunderbird was there working in the fucking diner. Thunderbird. Uh, multiple man. So yeah, now this was this was really really nice to see. And then finally in issue five, Leno... wait, wait 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 we didn't mention uh, we didn't mention um oh the egg no 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 it's a big egg we did big egg folks it's not a diner it's an egg. Shh. Wolverine oh. fixed her car. Hey, but it wasn't a real Wolverine. It was it was, it was Mis- Patch. It was Mister Patch. Actually, right right right. It was Mister Patch. Mister Patch. My bad. That was. He was like, he was like, hey, can I, uh, change your, change your fluids? Change your, check under your hood? Do the curtains match the drapes, baby? (laughs) Oil change, maybe? Do you need, uh, do you need a a Jiffy Lube? Oh, man. (laughs) All right. I'm done with that now. I'll whip up some lube and a Jiffy for you. (laughs) Great. So, yeah. So there, there you go. Um. And that's where the Phoenix egg came from. Yeah. Thanks for asking, children. Right. So, no, and issue number five was, was great. There was a lot of just inconsequential bullshit. There was a lot of inconsequential bullshit that happened in so much of this story, but issue number five was fan-fucking-tastic. Fan-fucking-tastic. Finally, Jean gets out of the fucking egg. She's back. She's alive. And the phoenix separates from her. And brings fucking Scott back to life. My mind was fucking blown. I could not, could not fucking believe this. She's like, oh my God, no, it's actually you. And I'm like, what? Like, I was yelling out loud. Oh my God, it's really, really him. And then they're just talking so fucking sweet to each other. It's like, I missed you. And oh my God. And then... They kissed and oh and man! And he opens his eyes. Yeah, he, he, just like from the fucking movie too. But this was so sweet and so perfect. And they kissed and they embraced and oh man! And then like the life gets drained out of him and he turns into oh, dust. That was so fucking sad. And she was like, you know, I'm not going to get like mad or anything and like submit to you because you allowed me to see my husband again and that's all that i wanted oh man that was just fucking rough but then she's like listen like it's gonna suck seeing people i care about die and i'm scared of dying too but like this shit needs to happen like people are supposed to die i'm supposed to die the phoenix seemed uncharacteristically calm about all of this, but somehow they reached a mutual understanding, so the phoenix went away, and Jean was back, and last page, Scott's dead body is there, and this was just such a rough read for me. And I, I felt so stupid, because the whole time I was trying to figure out who Annie was. Friend from and, childhood. Yeah, and being, like, such a big Jean fan, like, you know, I know that Annie was the name of uh, the girl who got hit by the car in front of her, and that's when, like, her powers developed or whatever. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that, so <laughs> I felt really stupid. So that's who the Phoenix took the mantle of, and I thought that was, like, fitting, because... You know, the average person, or even me, who's a huge Gene fan, didn't pick up on that. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I didn't think about that until issue number two, maybe. I, I don't really know, but it's it's like one of those like minor things that you have to be thinking about to get it. This series as a whole was okay. I am happy that Gene is back. This last issue, like I said, was fantastic, but it just felt a little anticlimactic in a way in that this whole thing is about the Phoenix, and in half an issue... They talked out their problems and everything was okay. Listen, talking is half the battle. <laughs> what? You no, know, like, like all you have to do is talk and your problems go away. So yeah, so then we get kind of the flip side of this. Flip um, side. The other Gene. So yeah, Gene Gray. Number, number 11. 11. Uh, this was kind of weird. I, I, I needed it spelled out for me that she was in the white hot room. I thought, I was like, why is she in hell? Why is Ilyana there looking all phoenixy? And then why are we with you know, prehistoric cavewoman babe phoenix. Like, I don't, I don't understand who's all Who's also a redhead. Yeah, who's also a redhead. Funny all phoenixes enough, must be redheads. Yeah, I, I guess. And then, again, this was a little too easy. The talk mm. that phoenix and gene had, and I don't know, the phoenix just seemed so calm. Like, oh, well, you're still here, you know? I, I don't want you here. You can, you can leave anytime you want. Yeah, the phoenix is like, I didn't bring you here. You came here. Which, I don't want you here. Which was cool because that means that Gene wasn't dead. Because at the end of Gene Gray number 10, yep. it seemed very clear that she was dead. And actually, I mean, she was dead and she was able to bring herself back to life. But, you know, thank thank God. She had that sliver of the phoenix inside of her that they stole from Emma. So she was able to bring herself back. She was able to go to the white hot room. She was able to bring herself back. Did I they explain that, that well that's done. how she did that? They did not explicitly because explain that. I don't know if that's accurate. Well, so Jean said herself, maybe it was that, I don't remember the exact wording. Maybe it was that sliver that I took from Emma. Maybe it was Jean's inoculation. That was, okay, those so are we don't... Jean's words. So one of those things. Okay. It makes the most sense to me that it's what she got from Emma. Um, I'm going to go with Jean on this one. I'm going to go with Emma on this okay, one. Okay, I'm going to go with Jean on this Literally one. Literally no surprises <laughs> that we picked the way that we did. <laughs> so, yeah, either way, though, she, she survived, which I think is really cool. Because I'm very happy because I was like, when the original five came, I was like, you know, there's two of everybody except for Jean. You know, except, uh, and uh, well, there was Cyclops yeah, also for a while. Cyclops for a little while, yeah. So, yeah, there were never two Jeans. And so I was like, fuck. Right when old Gene comes back, new Gene is going to die, which I'm like, okay, so that kind of makes sense. Right. But, oh my God, this made me so happy because Gene was just like, uh, you know, going through the White Hot Room, going through all of these different scenarios and different universes. She goes to like Rachel's future. Oh yeah, that was cool. And like stuff like that. She like finally, when she gets home, she's just like, uh, fuck fuck this fuck <laughs> you go i'm going to bed <laughs> and like she passes everybody in the hallway and they're all like trying to talk to her and she's like no bedtime and they're like but jean she's like no bedtime fuck you long day they were like somebody wants to see you and she's like don't care rain check and she gets to her bed and jean is there yeah so okay, so here's the thing so how are they going to jump right into x-men red number one i i hope that we get some dialogue between the two of them. Is this the last issue? This, yes, this is They're the They're ending issue. it on 11? That's so stupid. I think that, um, I think that they need a good amount of, of one issue. I agree. For the two of them to have a conversation with each other. Yeah. I'm certain that 
the young X-Men are actually going to go back to their original timeline. We kind of know that they need to go back there. They seem like they're moving towards being able to go back there. We know that Jean isn't actually dead now after, you know, this issue. The yeah. X-Men blue team is changing. They're going to get a new yeah. roster. So but what about um Xavier and Magneto were talking about it and said, like, in the past, in yeah. their their timeline... They were talking, and Xavier said, I don't know, I think they still have a lot of stuff to do in the future. So, you know, I really thought that, like, okay, this is it, they're going to be going back, but I don't know, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see, I guess. I mean, I'm going to miss them if they do go back, because I really like them. Yeah. Or maybe they can um, come up with a series of just, like, the original five. I think that would be really cool. We'll uh, we'll see what happens next week, which, uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, is today, with X-Men Red. So... Uh, does Lord Trauma sound like the frontman of a death metal band? Would you like to be in a white hot room with Ilyana's white hot butt? There was a fantastic image of Ilyana's butt in this issue. Go look at it. Okay. You nuke about that and we'll be nuked back after these nuke messages. To be nuke-tinued. Tired of getting boring traditional gifts on Valentine's Day like flowers, chocolates, or tissues for your evening cry fest? You better get me something for Valentine's Day. This year, why not get a geekade instead? Why wouldn't I get you something? Tell your lover that you don't need a fancy dinner because you're not putting out anyway. I want a fancy dinner. I'm literally dinner. getting you a fancy dinner. Good. <laughs> you need geekade.com for comic books and video game podcasts. Movie and sports articles and wrestling review videos. GK.com has all your passions covered. I don't even care about this now. Guys, I'm getting, I'm taking her out to a nice dinner. <laughs> Take what a hike and fuck? hit the showers, perv. I'm a strong, independent woman, and GK.com takes care of all my needs. Fuck! <laughs> Quick, the X-Men are in danger! What, is it the Inhumans again? That bitch with the hair is getting cut. No, silly. They're in danger of not getting a second season of Wolverine and the X-Men cartoon. Yeah, that's it. That show aired 10 years ago. I don't think it's getting a second season. But fans can still try. One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men is a Facebook page dedicated to loving not just the cartoon, but all of the X-Men. News, trivia, merchandise, and sweet artwork. One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook is a safe place for X-Men fans to call home. I call this my home. Who the fuck are you and what the fuck are you doing in my house? Wait, before you call the police! Stop by 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. I hope they tase you in the gold balls. So Garden State Comic Fest has Blue. expanded from just Morristown, New Jersey. Blue. And will be coming to the Showboat Hotel and Convention Center in Atlantic City on April 7th and 8th this year. Will you show me your boat? This will be the biggest and best comic fest to date with great vendors, artists, guests, panels, workshops, and cosplay. <gasps> The convention is welcoming back Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles co-creator Kevin Eastman, legendary artist Jim Steranko, Ren and Stimpy co-creator Bob Camp. I love him. And why not meet some great contemporary talent like Jay Lee, Riley Brown, and Rags Morales? Join us in Atlantic City on April 7th and 8th and head over to GardenStateComicFest.com for tickets and information today. We actually don't know if we're going to go to that or not, but you should. <laughs> All right, so for this month's Mutant Memories, why are you laughing? <laughs> for this I'm trying to back you up, honey. I'm trying to laugh at your jokes. <laughs> You're just choking on your fucking monster. For this <laughs> month... I'd rather, I'd rather you be choking on my monster, honey. 
<laughs> it's oh, cuter when you do it. <laughs> All right. That was... Uh... Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> I knew there was a reason you were doing yoga. <laughs> so for this month's mute Memories, we're going to be talking about Marvel Graphic Novel number four, which is the first appearance of the New Mutants, and also New Mutants issue one by Claremont and Bob McClode. Yeah, McClode. Huh? That's what that says. Mc. Cleod. Mm-hmm. McCle- yep. McClude. Mm-hmm. Fowinetikelly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I wanted to talk about these because, uh, as far as X-Men history goes, this is, re- I'm a little, little past this right now because I'm, I'm rereading, uh, well, and Patty is too. We're rereading, like, every every X-Men comic book ever, which is quite a daunting task. I've done that already, and I was going to do that with Spider-Man, but Jonathan was like, oh, I'm going to do what you did. And I was like, I want to I wanna do it with you. Yeah, and don't, don't exclude me. I'm going to do it, too. And she's pretty much already lapped me. I think she's ahead. But I'm not even... I'm not even going to have to figure out where I am again. But that's beside the point. So the New Mutants um, and X-Force are what got me into comic books, and I fucking love the New Mutants. Um, and I feel like these two, like the two first issues featuring them were just fantastically set up. Marvel graphic novel number four, there's a lot of action. Uh, we get introduced. Pew, these, pew, pew. We get introduced to these new characters. <gasps> Would you call them new mutants? Yeah. Uh, we get introduced to them like really quickly, but you still get a sense of like their distinct personalities, pew, you pew, know, pew. like Danny is very angry. Um, and Cannonball is like a little bit more reserved, like wants to be helpful to people. And, um, and he got the dead dad. Yeah. He got the dead dad. Uh, Wolfsbane is like just full, so fucking annoying, full of self-hatred, um, at this point. So it's just, it's really, really interesting. The Hellfire Club wants to go after these kids and wants to recruit them before, you know, Xavier does, which kind of makes sense. We've kind of seen this thing before. It was just really interesting to actually see these characters thrown together so quickly. Also, like, how tragic this book was. Because, like, in this fucking book, you've got, like, everybody fucking dying. You've got Danny's fucking grandfather. You've got Roberto's girlfriend fucking dies. It's yeah, just... she jumped in front of a bullet for him. Yeah. it's That's, like, real fucking love. And then, like, she doesn't even, like, get to stick around. Yeah. It's... That's... That was really painful. It really is. It's it's really sad. But like I said, you just get like such a good sense of like who these characters are. And even though Cannonball was like, even though he was like one of the villains in this book, you can kind of tell that he's questioning what he's doing. He's just kind of like blindly following orders. And by the end, he realizes that he's in the wrong and shows up at the fucking mansion. And so this was a little silly, though. That That's kind of like what happened with uh, Scott and, uh, what was his name? Diamond Jack? Yeah. Jack of Diamonds? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, so that was a parallel to that for me. And also, in the opening, that Rain was getting chased mm. by, like, her religious dad yep. and, like, the villagers. these villagers and stuff. It was... Such a parallel to Giant Size X-Men number one with Nightcrawler's introduction. Absolutely. But the difference is that Nightcrawler isn't a whiny piece of shit. <laughs> and, like, he can, like, keep his religion, like, separate from everything. You know, he doesn't, like, 
tell Wolverine that he's being like a dirty, no good slut and like he's drinking too much beer and Jesus wouldn't like like just shut the fuck up, well, Rain. We the, hate you. The thing about Nightcrawler is is they so the two of them, they may have the same sort of like religion, but they believe that God functions very differently. Like I'm sure the two of them as religious people believe that God actually exists, but Nightcrawler thinks of God as this loving creator who loves all of us like we're all his children. So he has not created mistakes. He created Nightcrawler the way he is for a reason. Mm -hmm. Whereas Wolfsbane thinks of like the fucking vengeful, angry, you must suffer. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That kind of God. Well, um, the her father, uh, he adopted her, right? I'm pretty sure Reverend Craig is actually her birth father okay although it's well, not it's not like revealed or this early but like i'm 99 percent okay sure. i wasn't sure um like the things that she says like oh well reverend craig said yeah right said blah 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 and that yeah. this is a sin and girls shouldn't have long hair and ear piercings <laughs> and just like like okay so obviously this kid was like fucking indoctrinated from a very young age but like she's so annoying. Yeah, I she is. it like gets on your nerves. It's like oh yeah, like oh yeah, yeah. But you know she's not annoying anymore. Rain. She went from being this ridiculously pious, like everybody is sinning thing to fucking a child. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and having a baby out of wedlock with some fucking wolf that she met. Well, she grew up, you know what I mean? Like, she grew up. She changed as a character over the years, which, I mean, thank God. And But I, she's still annoying now, is my point. <laughs> Raina has just so? always been such a terrible character. No, I, I get you. I understand. And, yeah, she was annoying in, in the beginning. So it's kind of nice that they're not giving her, like, too much focus. You know, she's with the others a lot, and they're all very distinct personalities and they were all these characters were set up so well so quickly of course this is when claremont was doing fucking amazing stuff um and even though like i'm not the biggest fan of bob mcleod's artwork i think that he is very effective First of all, he's not a bad artist. It's just he draws things a little weird. Like Sam's face. And like the professor's head. It's very weird. But he's such an effective artist. Like he knows how to make use of a page and tell an effective story on a page. And like there's no panel where it's like this is just filler or this is just something silly. Or like he's just doing this for like a pinup or something. You know, he's he's really, really technically fantastic in that way and this is the kind of shit that you don't see anymore um and i feel like we kind of went on about that on the last episode how things have changed so much over time comic book artwork but anyway so moving on to new mutants number one there's like a bit less action but there's more setup with the characters here um and them actually trying to use their powers and we kind of get the purpose of the new mutants or the alleged purpose you know roberto comes out and asks xavier like are we supposed to be like the next x-men are we gonna replace them and xavier's just like no but he's <laughs> you're got, never gonna fight again he's got you know a little fucking brood baby in him so they don't really know that yet why he's you know kind of acting weird you know it was it was cool to see them all try out the danger room and try out their powers the graphic novel was kind of fast-paced so much happened and i feel like new mutants number one a little less happened but it was just kind of setting them up on their own a little bit more and you know it ends with Danny, she didn't really 
get to go through the danger room session and she's not supposed to do it on her own but she's such an angry young girl that she goes and does it on her own and finds herself in trouble and it looks like this monster's gonna kill her spoilers she doesn't die she's gonna be fine but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I really, really loved the New Mutants when I was a kid. And so, you know, I needed to talk about this on the podcast. If you haven't read fucking New Mutants... It's fantastic. The New Mutant series, it is kind of mostly self-contained. As in, like, you don't have to... Like, they'll make references to certain things that happen in the X-Men... Oh, yeah. Or in X Factor or something like, like that. A couple of crossovers. Yeah, there are a, a few crossovers, issues. but like there are also certain things like you know, like Kitty crying or whatever, and it will be like read uh, Uncanny X Men number one hundred and eighty or something like that to see fucking Peter what? break her heart. Yeah. yeah. So it's mostly self-contained. You know, in those bubbles, they pretty much tell you what happens in the other issues, so you can pretty much just read it. We're going to move on to the news now. And uh, Number one, this came out of nowhere. I was so very surprised. Gail Simone is going yes. to be writing a Domino series. Again, this is weird, but I'm very hopeful. I think Gail Simone is a good writer. I love her. I think Domino is a cool character. Love her. We know why they're doing this mm. uh, and mm. w- why they're doing it when they're doing it. But first... They showed the like the cover art, and it's by Greg Lands. And we have talked in the past about how much we hate Greg Lands. The first cover is actually really nice. I cannot stand Greg Lands, yeah. and that rhymes. And then we found out that David Baldion is going to be doing the interior artwork. Who knows how if this is going to be like a mini series, uh, an ongoing series, what kind of series? David Baldion is he going to be doing the artwork on this forever? We don't know. At least I don't know yet. Um, it comes out on April 11th. I'm really glad that Marvel has a bigger name uh, writing something because DC has like snatched everybody away. Yep. Like all these big names writing and doing art for DC. And it's about time that Marvel Good. got somebody like Good. Gail Simone doing this. So Love her. fantastic. There's going to be a new Exiles title. Which is also interesting. I am. I, I figured I'd bring this up just because... Uh, we've got Blink in it, which, of course, why not? She has been, like, a big character in the Exile series in the past. But there is a cartoon Wolverine. He's cute. He's like a chibi. And I don't mean that, like, he's drawn cartoony. I no, mean, he's like slapstick. Supposed like, to be like, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, like slapstick. The character. Like he is a cartoon. I don't know how I feel about this yet. I don't know. I he's, think it's really cute, like, an idea. But, I mean... Yeah, we'll see. Practice, yeah, we're gonna I have just, to wait and see. I just I don't want him to be like walking around like rah rah bub bub bub. That's ah. exactly what I want. Oh, like literally. God, that's just so why? Because I love Wolverine. The Exiles uh, idea is fantastic because it allows like a creative writer to do so much with so many different worlds and so many different takes on these characters. So I'm really excited. The last Exile series that came out was maybe 2009-2010-ish, and it only lasted for six, is- for six issues, and it- maybe it was poor sales, I don't know, but I really liked it, and I'm really hoping that people really take to this new series so it continues, because I love Blink as a character, I don't care what version of her, and I want to see this be successful, 
All right, so it looks like X-Men Grand Design Second Genesis, the next chapter of this Grand Design thing that's going on, they might be moving up the next chapter of it. So Ed Pisker, the writer slash artist on these books, tweeted, Second Genesis should be out this summer sometime, way faster than we originally anticipated. It was supposed to come out in December of this fucking year. So it might be That's coming out. That's what he said, in this fucking year. Yeah. So it might be coming out in the summer. So I'm... Awesome. I haven't read the second one yet, though. I'll get there. Really? Yeah. Oh. I forgot, and then I put <laughs> stuff on top of it. <laughs> oh, man. Spoilers. We meet Polaris. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay, great. All right, so next up, we got some movie news. All right, so the first piece of movie news is we're possibly going to be getting kitty pride the movie so apparently tim miller uh who worked on deadpool is currently developing a solo movie with marvel's kitty pride as its lead there's no other information available about the project who would write it producers any of that we don't know if it would be ellen page who portrayed the character before there's the disney fox deal which is still quite a ways off from being finalized so this was just like an interesting random piece of news. We don't even know if it's going to move forward because like this is an idea right now that Tim Miller might be trying to develop like on paper, but that doesn't mean that anybody's going to want to like pick it up. So so who knows what's going to happen with this, but I think it's an interesting idea. I mean, we've got a female star in a solo film, maybe. Yeah, that's cool, but I think that Ellen Page is a really bad actress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. We don't know if she's going to be the one who's going to be the actress of Kitty Pride, but I just don't. I was actually just talking yeah, to Jonathan about this about, about Juno, Juno earlier, and how I just think that she's just not good. I mean, I think she's cute, but I don't think she's a good actress. I, I feel like she could maybe do this. She seems like she could have the attitude of like intelligence about her, which you know. Shadowcat carries herself with. She looks the part. I I would be interested to see this. I don't know how great it would be or how successful it would be, but I just think like X Men: The Last Stand and X Men: Days of Future Past. They there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> there you go. Pretty much, especially with this character because they did not do her any justice whatsoever in either one of those movies. So this is kind of a nifty idea. All right. So there was a shift in a bunch of movie dates. Deadpool 2 is moving up a couple of weeks, like whatever. Gambit got pushed back even further, and I think they lost another director or some such shit. Listen, I am not going to believe that a Gambit movie is actually happening until I am walking out of the movie theater after having watched a completed Gambit film. I will not believe it. So much bullshit has happened around this. Like, they should just stop. They need to just stop. But the biggest, most upsetting thing is, New Mutants has been moved from April 13th of this year to February 22nd of next year. Ten fucking months. I'm so fucking upset that it's it got moved back ten months. But, I did hear that, like, when they were testing it, uh, the test audiences, that people weren't necessarily thinking that it was scary enough. I I just 
as upset as I am, I just hope we get a better movie out of it. I hope we get a good New Mutants movie. Again, some of my favorite characters, so much potential to start a new franchise, a new trilogy of movies, to do something really cool and inventive, a superhero horror movie, but uh, 10 months kind of sucks. I don't know. What do you think about any of this? I hope that no movies are made anymore. Just no more movies. No, no. Every genre of movies just stops. I just, you know how I feel about this. I don't. The movie industry just shuts down. Yeah, I don't like. No more movies. I don't like. That's what the Scarlet Witch should have said. Am I right? Yes. Not no more mutants. No more movies. I just don't like (laughs) what they do to like my characters and stuff. And I just. I just hope that all of the progress on these movies and any of the movies that are completed, like the film just gets destroyed and it's like too much of a hassle to reshoot it. So just it doesn't happen. <laughs> that's that's my hopes. New Mutants, the, the comics are dark. They have like dark overtones. You know, it's not like some cutesy little kids team. So, I mean, I think them going a horror route is okay. But I mean, I don't think it needs to be like terrifying. I mean, I don't see how movies are scary in the first place anyway um because i'm dead inside oh so so i don't know them saying it's not scary i don't know i mean i feel like nothing would be scary enough for me well the official reason that they originally said was that there are going to be some foreign markets where the deadpool movie is playing and then the new mutants movie would be playing at the same time they don't want to confuse people which sounds like the most bullshit reason I think that there's a lot of validity to this that maybe people didn't think it was scary enough. I, I don't, I don't know. I get what you're saying. You know, it's not going to scare you either way, but I just, I want to see a good new mutants movie, whether it's scary or not. I don't know. So next is Legion season two is going to be premiering in April. Very happy about that. It's about damn time. It has literally been like a fucking year since that's uh, usually season how one premiered. Seasons it's are. so long oh my and considering we only got like a handful of episodes in season one it's been that much longer you know it's not like it's not like this season one went on for five months and then we had to wait like seven months we've had to wait a while for this it's been almost exactly a year but uh apparently the premise according to the showrunner noah hawley is that if the first year was the story of an insane man in a sane world then I was interested in looking at David now being the sane man in an insane world. We've established he doesn't have schizophrenia, and he has these abilities. There is this time jump for him to come back, and suddenly the world is a very different place. So yeah, so season one ended off with him leaving in this weird fucking contraption. So it sounds like he's going to be gone for like a year or some amount of time, and then come back, and then everything's fucked up. Which, great, everything's fucked up. It's Legion. Like, I'm probably going to have to rewatch this show because I don't remember that. Really? Ending. Yeah. You don't remember them I, standing out on the balcony and then this little like machine comes and scans him, then like pulls him into it and then he's tiny inside of it floating away? No. Well, that's what happens. Oh, okay. You heard it no, here first. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we watched all these together and I just felt like so stupid because I couldn't follow everything that was happening. I felt like. Yeah, I had a really hard time distinguishing exactly what was going on in this show, so I really didn't like it at all. You didn't um, like Legion? I did not. I told you that. I felt stupid watching it, and uh, I just, I don't know, it's just not for me, but Jonathan enjoys it, and I like watching things with Jonathan, so well, you know, I'm going to continue watching it. You never told me you didn't like it. 
But in fact, you have said that you do not like The Gifted. And then, like, we'll be watching The Gifted. And you're I didn't all say about I didn't like The Gifted. Yeah, you did. I said it was, I said it was, you were like, how, what do you think? And I was like, I think it's good. Or I think it's okay. You have said that you hate it because it uh, made you really anxious. Oh, yeah, no. You said it multiple times. I didn't say that I hated it, though. I just said that it makes me really anxious and uncomfortable. Blech. But um, I still like the show. I just didn't like, um, like, all the cliffhangers and stuff. I didn't like, you know, it was like this uh, fucking government tyranny, like the fucking FBI or something is going to be out there just, like, fucking kidnapping citizens and turning them against each other. I loved the ending of The Gifted. I had such a boner about Polaris, especially at the end, and I was just like, I just, I, I, I just, I love you so much. And uh, Jonathan was like, No, this is so sad. And I was like, But Polaris, it is. I'm gonna, because I'm, I'm gonna marry that lady. <laughs> I'm so conflicted because, like, I love these characters, but it's like upsetting at the same time. Like, I don't want to get too spoilery about it. Uh, if people still haven't, watched, are you gonna? Gifted, yeah. Okay. Yeah, spoilers. I mean, you know, we talk about all the comics, all this news and all True. this stuff. Like, hopefully at this point, uh, everybody has seen it. Who wants to see it anyway? I, I'm happy that they went with Frost as the last name instead of the Cuckoos. I don't feel like that would have translated well to television. Right. They referenced it um, as just like, oh, they gave their name as Cuckoo. To yeah, it was an couple. alias. We, we get a little bit of an introduction of the hellfire club we don't know who this guy is with the jewelry if this is supposed to be shaw or somebody else but he was already in the x-men movies yeah 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 he was in the x-men they could still take him and and make their own version of shaw i don't know if that's what they're gonna go with but like i said i mean i love them and i hate them at the same time but they are such good the cuckoos oh man i love them such good characters in this show just the the eye effects that they have i don't think it looks good really i don't know i feel like they could have done something else or something different you mean like it doesn't look like technically good like the way they make it look yeah um it just like i know that it's supposed to be like creepy and it 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 does that but i just cheap yeah i just wish that they had um i don't know done something a little bit different i get you i get what you're saying I I, th- I think it's really cool that they took the, the three cuckoos uh, with ESP as their names, Esme, Sophie, and Phoebe. ESP, get it? Extra sensory I perception? get it. Telepathy? Yeah, I thought that was really clever. But yeah, it's just, it, this show is so effective because it, it, it makes you feel uncomfortable with these characters because you love them and you kind of hate to see what they're doing. You know, like Andy, we, we've known Andy is like, he was bullied. He's like an angrier young guy. I can relate. But then he just gets so pissed off and he's like, oh yeah, like the Struckers were like, they were great. They were great people. Let's overthrow the government. Yeah, exactly. I can totally relate like, to him. let me break shit and let me leave my family and go right. off with the Hellfire Club. Yes. It's just like, no, dude, don't do it. And Polaris, like, you know, fucking Eclipse is yelling for her not to kill these people, not to kill that senator. And she fucking does it anyway. She brings down that plane. The thing is, though, is like with, with Roderick, we don't see his body. And they only Who's mentioned Roderick, the one Ahab. in the plane? Yeah, Ahab, the, the, um, the villain, the guy in charge making the fucking hounds. The guy in charge of the hounds. Okay. Program. He's Roderick. He's supposed to be Ahab. He was in the plane, too, with the senator. They don't oh, even right, the one with the fucked up face. Right, okay. they don't even mention that there was somebody else on this plane, which I guess leads you to think that he got away, which is or they could bring that him back again. They didn't know that he was, he on, was the plane. on the plane. That's true too. That's that's interesting. There are just a couple of things that were upsetting though. 
So they the team went in to go take out this senator, right? Like, and it was Thunderbird, Eclipse, and Blink. In this fucking, like, gathering, why not bring more of a team with you when there's this many people, this much security? That just made no sense. To me, that's what I consider, like, a big hole in the plot right there. They, like, they fucking see him. They're like, wait, stop. And then he just grabs a child and uses it as a meat shield. Yeah, like, that's, but that's and what I'm, I'm like, saying. And I'm like, just kill the kids, too. Who cares? <laughs> this goes way farther than one life. I, I, I kind of agree with that, but th- that's, like, if they had more mutants with them, that yeah. might not have been even an issue. That was, like, a big issue with this show, was that no matter what was happening, what the issue was, I'm going to go by myself. Yeah. I yeah. have to go alone. I have to do this by my... And, like, okay, that's such a Wolverine thing, by the way. It really is. And if they're saying that, like, the X-Men handpicked, like, you know, John and um, Marcos... Then why the fuck are they so stupid? Why? Yeah, why are they trying to do this stuff alone? It's the X-Men. They yeah. were a team. Like, you right. guys need to be a team and work together. And the only other complaint, really, is how they don't actually spell out that Magneto is Polaris's dad. We get it. We get all the Magnet references. Magnet daddy. Everything you're getting at, sure. It's supposed to be Magneto, but they never just come out and fucking say it. The most beautiful thing that they could possibly do on this show is to get Ian McKellen to make a fucking cameo. Even if it's just his voice talking to a young Lorna, I think that would be fucking perfect. This needs to happen somehow. Anyway, we are getting more. It was renewed for a second season, thank God. Apparently, it was the third highest ranked new drama of the fall. I mentioned last episode how the ratings dipped off a little bit, so I don't know how it stands overall. Regardless, I'm so fucking excited for a season two. We're probably going to have to wait a year for it, but... Either way, I'm just, I'm really excited to see where this goes next. I agree. And I don't know if this uh, happens the before the last episode that we recorded, but I just really like the backstory that they gave with Polaris that she, oh yeah, you know, did have to go to a mental hospital. Yep. Yeah, I just, I really appreciated that. You know, they gave like some legitimacy to her bipolar. Right. Yeah. No, that was the final episode, I believe. Okay. The beginning of the final episode. And I'm, she had like a toy from daddy. Yeah. And it, it's, it was really great to see that too. That And I think it was really effective too that they did this at the end. They barely hinted at it, like stating it in the show. Like, oh, this isn't one of my episodes or whatever. It's like they never really went beyond that. But you could kind of tell that Lorna was having trouble keeping her shit together, plus she was pregnant, and now finally in the final episode, they kind of give the full explanation to what happened to her in, in the past. And that was really nice. She is a fantastic character. I can't wait to see more of this. I agree. All right, so that'll do it for this month's episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com, 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men, some feedback on iTunes, and check out some of our favorite X images on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. What do you think of New Mutants getting pushed back by 10 months? What did you think of the gifted season finale? Are you looking forward to a Domino series? Join us next month where we'll we'll be discussing X-Men Gold, X-Men Red, and the 80s Magic miniseries. And until next time... Polaris was right. Oh...